Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I gotta tell you about the best dispensary in Denver. It's Lightshade Dispensary, and right now they're giving you 25% off each purchase you make, whether you do it online or in the store, and they have 10 premier dispensary locations in the Denver metro area, soon to be 11, so keep your eyes out for that, or you can go to lightshade.com to get this deal as well, and that code is DNVR to save 25%, and right now they've got Escape Artist, which is the highest award topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency with ratios available in 1 to 1 and high ratio CBD at 20 to 1, so make sure to check out Lightshade Dispenser, dispensary, whether you're a connoisseur or you're just a casual consumer, they've got it all for you and use that code DNVR. All right, fellas, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two girls out to Zach May, Sake at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four. Couple with brick, brew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. We are DNVR. We are live from Studio A here at the DNVR bar. Nice to see you guys in person. It's been a been a minute. Your faces shine a little better <laughs> up, up close in person. But they don't shine with the little light that I have. Hooked on to my monitor. It's just on not my the desk. Same. It's not the same. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the A stands for hmm, a last chance or a last dance. Can A stand for A? Yes. That seems like a big cop out. It is a big, big cop, cop out. out. <laughs> I've done it before. I'll do it again. How about abysmal season? <sighs> about alarming, as in it's alarming that you're facing. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill without Ronald Darby and Pat Sertan. I would say that's uh, not alarming. That's encouraging. (laughs) (laughs) Encouraging? Yes, encouraging. You're going to have to take one on the chin on Sunday, and you'll be better off for Saturday. Everyone's everyone's getting it wrong. I think every one of us, including Drew Locke yesterday, I mean – the poor guy. I think he kept saying Sunday, Sunday. But we've all got it, gotten it wrong this Of course. Yeah. Every one of us has. Uh, you're going to have to take one on the chin on Saturday. That's okay. It's, it's the best thing for the team long term. Uh, not everyone wants to hear that. Nope. I, I don't mm-hmm. care. 
<laughs> just don't. I mean, we, we, we've been through this before. We Many years ago, four or five years ago, when we started doing the pod, Ryan, we talked about, ah, maybe they can carry the, a win in week 17 on. It's beating the Raiders. They can carry that over. No. And then we just realized, no, that doesn't happen. There's no carryover. There's no winning culture you know that you, you can, build in the final week. You know what you can carry over? Players. Yes. And but a draft that, that you can you draft. Pat Sertan, you get to carry him over. Yep. Um, anything that happens in this week, honestly, you know, I always make this uh, metaphor this time of year, but I'll make it again. Everyone remembers, uh, you know, you're, you're in a class and then you have summer break and then you got to come back and go into math class. And it feels like the first time you've ever seen numbers in your entire life after taking three months off. Yeah. When, mm-hmm. when you take whatever it is, you know, even more than that, six months off, mm-hmm. uh, from being on the football field then when you come back, you're not thinking like, oh, man, we got that last one uh, against the Chiefs, which it doesn't matter because even if they wanted to, they couldn't win this game. So, anyways, um, the question is, is it going to be the last stand for Vic Fangio? And I said uh, at the top, is it a last chance or is it a last dance? I think there's a difference between that. Last chance means there's something he can do here. Um, to change the mind of George Payton, a last dance is, hey, this is it. This is the last song. When it ends, it ends. There is no encore. So is that your question? That's my question. This is, uh, this is the first dance for Vic Fangio. Not the first, but a, a, mid, a mid-dance. Guys, he's not going anywhere. Wow. <laughs> That's the first time you've ever said that. Yeah. I, uh, everything, especially this week, has just been pointing to Vic's going to be back. And at this time, we should probably, especially with the two-week window opening up before, before the season ended where you could fire your coach and start talking to other people, we've heard nothing mm-hmm. about how Vic is, this is his last game, this is probably his last game. Some whispers coming out about how George is compiling lists. We've heard nothing of the sort. And I know George has done a good job of kind of making things a little more quiet this past year and keeping things more internal, but we have heard nothing and kind of the the things we've heard here and there is uh is people saying uh, I think he's going to be back. And so that that's where I'm at right now. I think he's going to be back. Now, it's I think Mason and I put percentages on it earlier this week. I think Mace said 55% that he's gone, yeah. 45% he's back. And I said, flip that, flip that for me, 55% that he's back. So I'm not saying that he is safe uh, and doesn't have to worry about anything, but I think he's coming back. But I don't think this game matters. I think what matters is the discussion, the, the discussions that he has with George Payton and Joe Ellis. And I think actually, because, unless there's a, an, an incredibly unlikely upset, what matters probably more for Joe Ellis, for example, is how many empty seats he looks at on Saturday. And that is what I was just going to bring up. Because I, you know, I've been on this train, I call it. I it's not what I want, but I've been the one, you know, for for months here saying I don't think Vic's going anywhere. And I'm actually moving the opposite direction. We are we're all kind of meeting in the same place, but we're coming from op- opposite mm-hmm. directions to get there. I'm coming back and starting to think, man. How is Vic Fangio going to survive it when Mile High is full of red on Sunday, Saturday? And how is he going to survive it when the lots are empty? And how is he going to survive it when the crowd is just giving half-hearted cheers? You know, Mace, you talk about apathy a lot. 
and this is the closest I've ever seen mm-hmm. Broncos country to apathy. Now, it's not there because I still see anger all day, mm-hmm. every day on Twitter. But I think the stage after anger is apathy. And so I'm worried about that, and I have to imagine the Denver Broncos are as well. I think that when they look out at that stadium, they're going to say, this is what it looks like now. How are we going to get people excited to come next year? Now, the truth is people will get excited. They just do. Uh, it's a great thing about Broncos fans. You know, when, when hope springs eternal, they're there and they're ready to, to soak it all up. Um, but it's, it's going to be a scary thing for Vic to walk out into an empty stadium or a stadium that's full of red uh, because I just, that's it. One, it's embarrassing. And two, it's a real state of the state of where this team is right now that it's a rivalry game, week 17, and I really don't think fans are going to show up for it. So who makes that decision when it comes to the business side of things? That's Joe Ellis, right? He's and the one who, yes. I yes mean, it, it, that, he, that, that's more so a Joe Ellis call because we, we talk about that. One of, the, one of the times when coaches get fired is when an owner is with his buddies in the suite and they get blown out at home and, and, and there's a lot of empty seats. That's kind of the owner's call. And Joe Ellis, ultimately the owner, He's done after this game, and I'm not saying that he's just going to drop the ball and walk out and not care, but he's got bigger things to worry about right now. He's worried about selling the team, and then he doesn't have to worry about what the stadium's like next year. Again, I'm not saying that Joel is, is going to not have the best intentions of the Broncos, but that isn't on the forefront of his mind. He's not thinking 10 years down the road for the Broncos' head coaching job. He's thinking about selling this team and, uh, yeah, I'll let George Payton do what he's going to do at head coach. I mean, he the one thing he is thinking about, though, is when the sale happens at some point or the, the transition happens at some point in the offseason that he wants to leave it not in the worst shape possible. And if Do you he, think yeah. that 5,000 more empty seats changes his mind, though? Because I kind of met mm. at the point where yeah. I don't think – whether it's 10,000 no-shows, 15,000 no-shows, that's going to be the deal-breaker for Joe saying, man, this is going to be embarrassing for me to hand over I think the keys. I think it's like maybe like the one last piece of evidence. Maybe m- m- less the deal-breaker, but more kind of, okay, we throw, you know, we've already got a fire, and here's another log that we're throwing on this. Okay. Here. So then my question for you guys is, it almost sounds like you guys are building the case that George Payton isn't going to be the one that fires Vic Fangio, it's going to be Joe Ellis. If that's the case, if he's fired, do you think that's why? That's who? Um, I think it's a combination of things. There's no way George Payton can be impressed with Vic Fangio, the head coach, this year. There's just no way. He can be impressed with Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator. I disagree. How? Because what? And, and, and these are reasons. A lot of people are going to call them excuses. And I'm just building the case for Vic here. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's it's what I would do or how I view it. Vic was 7-6 and six when Teddy Bridgewater got the concussion. Now, the Broncos lose that game, so Teddy Bridgewater's record at the end of the day is 7-7 seven and seven, with an offense that didn't do anything, especially down the stretch, really, really, really struggled. And the quarterback position, it wasn't that good. It was the best they've had in five years, but still, it wasn't that good. So Vic Fangio can say, look, I have the second-best defense in the NFL, which is the defensive coordinator part that you're alluding to. And look, I got this team to, to be playing competitive football in November and December just like you wanted, George. And on top of that, 
If Teddy doesn't get hurt, look, we lose these next two games. They're close games. They were competitive games. And by the way, that's something that Vic has pointed to nearly every single time we've talked to him. Outside of the Chargers game, he likes to point out every single game down the stretch was close, even in the losses. So he can point to that and say, if I had Teddy, we win those games. If I had a starting quarterback not having to go on my backup, we win those games. We're in the playoffs. And that's the case for for, George, for for Vic Fangio right there. On top of, I really believe that they do have a good relationship. Everything said publicly, I've heard that kind of backed privately as well. I But to me, that's not a good case. Like you have one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Uh, you've seen regression from Cortland Sutton, regression from Jerry Judy, regression from Tim Patrick, uh, regression from Dalton Reisner, you know, um, regression from Garrett Bowles. So the offense is going in the wrong direction. Okay, so then stop right there. That's when Vic says, yeah, I'm totally fine firing Pat Shermer. And George, you're going to help me hire someone. And look, then we don't have to worry about the defensive side of the ball. We're going to keep my staff. I'm going to be good. We're going to hire someone, even though I messed up hiring the last time, which is true that the Pat Shermer one's on on Vic. Uh, but that's what Vic is going to say. And he's going to say, George, help me. I didn't have anyone helping me the last time. I want you to help me bring someone in. And same with special teams. We're going to fire Tom McMahon, bring someone in. Okay. First, first of all, both yeah, of those yeah. things fall on you. Those are your yes. guys. You yep. screwed that up. And second, who are you going to get with a coach who's basically on a one-year deal at that point? Yeah. That's the other problem that kind of comes into play here. If you keep Vic Fangio and say, okay, replace the OC, replace special teams coordinator, you're not going to be drawing from the best pool of candidates here. Okay, so you're then you're going to be picking probably from the bottom of the deck because this isn't a situation where Vic can tell a coach, "Oh, if uh, if you come with me and it doesn't work out, don't worry, I'll get you on my staff." He can't do what John Fox did in Carolina back in 2010. So cuz he's not if he, if it doesn't work out here, he's not getting another head coaching job. And, and I wanted to add to the offense thing cuz it's not just yeah. about the offense. It's also Vic's game management. It's bad he's never in control from the sideline um it doesn't feel like he impacts the game positively ever uh from a head coach standpoint on the sidelines and so you know two out of the three parts of the job it's not that simple but you know the the big parts he's failing at so if i'm uh george payton i'm saying what do you do here as a head coach because all i see is a defensive coordinator Show me something that you do as a head coach other than being the best in the league at super timeouts. Um, show me something that you do that positively impacts this team. From where I sit, which is not the best place to evaluate this, obviously George Payton has a much better chair than I, I don't see anything that Vic Fangio does from a head coach standpoint that benefits the football team. And what he's going to say is what I told you. Let, let, let's bring some help in for the offense. And also, he's going to point to the quarterback position. He's going to say, look, you but tried. Those, those are excuses. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I he, want an he, answer as to what you do to make the football team better as a head coach. Well, we know the answer to that, Ryan. And, it, and it's what you said. He, he's great with the defense. Yes. And that is the defensive coordinator part. So, I mean, it Hire really, Christian it, Parker and go yeah. get someone else. It really seems like you're building, not building the case, but it seems like you think absolutely think he should be gone but do you think he's going to be on because again i'm not trying know, to say the, this mm -hmm. is what i think i just i ha i i'm trying to think of things of why he is going to stay and what the reasoning is because i do think it's going to happen 
Um, I am worried that it is going to happen. And I think the real reason behind it will have nothing to do with anything we're talking about here. It'll do it. It'll have to do with the fact that they don't want to hire a new coach right before they get a new owner. And the owner, you know, again, we assume these people are having conversations in back channels could maybe help with the search, but also might be saying like, I'm fine with one one more year with this guy if I can you know get my hands on everything and and can you know uh, kind of control the way I want to control and then meet these guys in person because maybe you could but I think it would probably be pretty unrealistic to bring in whoever the future owner is going to be if you had an idea of that into interviews like secretly you know what I mean right yeah you um, can't you can't do that even so, though of all the since the merger of all the coaches that have opened with three straight losing seasons. There are only three of them who ever, who ever managed to eventually get their team to the playoffs when they stuck. One of them was Bill Belichick in Cleveland a year later. One was John McKay in Tampa Bay. One was Bart Starr in Green Bay. And do you really think, do they really think that Vic Fangio is Bill Belichick? Because he's probably more no. like a lot of these other coaches, especially in the 21st century. That were mostly defensive coaches, by the way. Very interesting to, to kind of look at that trend. That they got a that they had three straight losing seasons. They got a fourth year. There are five of those guys. Four of them didn't make it out of the next year, including a staff that Vic Fangio was on in Houston. And then one was Jeff Fisher, who only got kept because the team, the Rams, were moving to Los Angeles, and they didn't want to upend the coaching staff. So well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, why? The question they have to ask themselves is, why is Vic going to be different? Why is he going to be the anomaly, the aberration, the guy, the the the, you know, the exception that proves the rule? And on top of that, the question they have to ask themselves, or Joe Ellis specifically, he has to say, is it fair for me to hire the next head coach literally on oh, my no, way yeah. out? And it when you take a step just back, just hands over his keys as he, as he. Uh, hires the new coach after his press conference. He's like, here, you can just have my keys to the building. I don't need them anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Because when you think about it from like a different business standpoint, wouldn't you kind of wait for the new owner of a company to come in before hiring and signing the president and CEO, the guy that's going to run the company for the next five years before locking him up to a contract? Wouldn't you think that would kind of put the organization in a better spot going forward by letting the next guy Hire his guy instead of locking your, your organization up. Now I but know also it's a little, football's a different business though. Also, it's it's also an it's ego yeah. driven world where you could maybe say like, I want to be able to say that I got the guy of on course, my way of out. Of course, of mm-hmm. course, and that that that's the ego part. But I'm saying if Joe Ellis really wants to do what's right by the Broncos, and I would say for for being the CEO and president of an NFL team, Joe Ellis's ego, I don't think it's it's crazy. Uh, I, I think it's pretty tame compared to what uh, other NFL top executives are like. Uh, I, I just, agree. I just think that if he views it that way, he's going to say, okay, I'll be patient. I'll just focus on the ownership stuff. And if George wants to make the move, I'll let him, but I'm not going to step in and make it. Of course, then there's the other thing. It's the emotional Pat Bowen thing. And Joe mm. Ellis always – he speaks of Pat Bowen all the time. They he really were, does. They were close. He was Pat Bowen's right hand for many years. And would Pat Bolin have brought back a coach after three consecutive losing seasons? I mean, shoot, Pat Bolin didn't even bring uh, back coaches 
beyond two losing seasons. Like Mike Shanahan had his second losing season, and then that was it. Right. Dan Reeves had two losing seasons in his first nine years, then went twelve and four, but then went eight and eight, and then and then he he was ousted. Well, I have an yeah. I have an answer for you because yes, I don't think Pat Bowen would, but Joe Ellis has clearly fallen away from that because he brought back Vic Fangio last year. He allowed that to happen last year. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't think that he would make a move by, like that. But I, I totally see what you're saying, and I think that is fair. You know what's the funny part of all of this? Uh, in, I just, I, it's so crazy in football. If Vic Fangio comes back and the Broncos get a quarterback, he's going to look great. He's gonna be great. He's gonna look great now. I mean, look, but do the standards for what you're, what you want out of him change? Like, let's say they trade for Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and it's a good but not great season for Vic in a contract year. Of course, the standards change. Like, yeah. it, oh, of like course, eleven, yeah. eleven and six divisional round loss. I don't know that they're running it back. Especially you, you yeah. know, with yeah. with you know a one and eight on challenges and and right. other stuff like that. And and yeah. and in two and four in the division. Like yeah, this year they're right. one and five, going to be one and five. I mean, they're doing stuff that they haven't done in fifty years as a franchise. Yeah. But it's also, you know, everyone's favorite word. It's unprecedented times. It's a weird situation where they are in between massive a massive shift for the organization. Mm-hmm. And, now, like, you know, I saw um, the Buffs let Mike Bone hire Mike McIntyre and then fire him a couple months later. Right. And it was like, yep. if, he, if you right. thought yep. he was... Yeah. Why would you let you know? Exactly. It's like exactly. So that to me, but at that point they couldn't. Just like the but, but just they, like the Arenado trade last yeah. year. But they couldn't. Right. But remember, they couldn't sell John Embry of the fan base for another year. No, and, and I don't and think that's part of sell Vic Fangio. Yeah, and that's the thing. And and yeah, the Broncos are in a better state in terms of say just general bowl season tickets. But this is all about sponsorships. It's all about suites. It's all about club seats. In other words, the money that you keep for yourself. That's where the drain starts happening and hitting. The, the the Broncos season ticket waiting list ensures that the upper deck, the lower deck, and then the 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 two hundred level, and then the end zone at three hundred level. They're gonna sell those because those are general seating. But you make your real money from the premium seats, and that's where you kind of, that that's where the bleed happens over time. I mean, you see on the club level for games as as the season's gone down, you see empty sections down toward the ends of the club level. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a lot of money going out the window. So guys, I got to ask, what what what's your final guess? Is Vic Fangio one week from now is he the head coach of the Denver Broncos? Yeah, we got to go quick here, so I'll make it short and sweet and and I'm going to just go go with where my mind is trending right now and say no. No. How close is it for you guys? Is it close? Yes, very, very, very close. It shouldn't if, be close, but it is. I don't want to hear. The only He's got to sleep on it. The, I swear to God. The <laughs> only reason it's close is because of the questions uh, of the questions about ownership. So what? It shouldn't be close based on the football. Completely. And that's and, and that's what I keep coming back to logically here. So my question to you, Mace, is what what changed in the past couple of weeks where you you said it was playoffs. Uh, a playoff mandate for him because obviously the Broncos are nowhere close to making the playoffs, so it should be pretty easy then. It should be, but at the same time, it's sort of the the ownership thing mm-hmm. continues to draw closer and closer. I mean, that, that that again, if he is if he is spared, I don't think it's it has. I think it has less to do with him and more to do with the overarching factors. 
involved with You're this right. team right yep, now. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. And 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 I will go with uh, the slight lean to yes. He is back in one week, and we have a new special teams coordinator and a new offensive coordinator here. Yay. Um, <laughs> it might take a while before you get those hires, though. All right. Um, yep. Before we move on, I want to remind you guys to come down to the DNVR bar. Come hang out. Um, I've talked about it all week. I'm going to talk about it again. The new chicken sandwich we have on the menu is absolute mm. fire. Um, you know, one thing I don't like about a, a chicken sandwich, which I l really love chicken sandwiches, but when one doesn't hit the mark, it's because the um, the the outer the outer part is like cakey. Mm -hmm. I know what you mean. Yep. This one is all crunch, just pure crunch over juicy chicken breast, chipotle aioli, pickles, brioche bun. It's legitimately as good of a chicken sandwich as I think you can get around here. Um, so come check it out and come check out everything that we have at the DNVR bar. A little abs action tonight. Uh, usually a good crowd down here for an abs game. Also college basketball beyond the buffs are playing for the first time in, um, since the Kennedy uh, administration. And uh, it really socks wall, Seth coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, excited for that. And uh, excited to see you guys down here at the DNVR bar. We'll see you tonight. Something I'm excited for is the tailgate going on this weekend, this Saturday mm -hmm. at Bronx. I mean, guys, what a way to have a tailgate on Saturday instead of Sunday. That means you can, you can have go more, twice as hard. Exactly. More <laughs> Breck beers, a lot of sexy pizza. And oh, so yeah. he, he, here's, here's what I got for you. Go to the tailgate. You get sexy pizza. You eat a ton of it. You go to the game. Then you're hungry after, right? You get 20% off sexy pizza this Saturday wow. through next Wednesday by using the code SEXYDNVR for all online orders over at Sexy Pizza. You get 20% off. So whether it's after the Broncos game, whether you're hanging out all Sunday, probably a little hungover from the tailgate, and you want to order some pizza while watching football all day Sunday, finding out about the Broncos moves, you get 20% off using the code SEXYDNVR over at Sexy Pizza. You're watching the national championship game on Monday night? Boom. Ooh. There you go. I'll probably be taking this offer up as well. So check them out for the next couple days and use that code SEXYDNVR. Tied was, by 50. I was <laughs> craving some of the green chili pizza last night, and I didn't go. I didn't follow because of the snow, but you know, now seeing that discount, mm, yep. I, think I, I think I know what I'm having for dinner tonight. Mm. Should we change our company name to Sexy Media? Oh, I like <laughs> it. SXY? Oh yeah, yeah. Or just, just keep them all. Although, although Y is sometimes a vowel, so we get, do we just go SX? Uh, we're, it's not about vowels. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I figure if we ever went to Miami, it'd be really hard to kind of pull that one off without vowels. Yeah, everyone thinks it's about <laughs> the vowels, but they don't know the formula. I invented the formula, so I know. What is it? I'm not giving out the secret sauce. <laughs> all right, well, let me just give it. Let me see if I can guess the formula. Would Wisconsin be WSCN? I actually think it would be WSCO. Interesting. Mm. I've never heard anybody call it Wisco. That's the thing. Really? I hear that all the time. Oh. I feel like I've heard it as well, which is weird. You haven't heard it. I haven't heard Wisconsin it. I know a lot of people guy. in Wisconsin. <laughs> you know, this is a funny thing. See, this is why you got to talk to people in these areas. Because, like, um, Virginia Tech, I call that VATEC. Nobody calls it VATEC. <laughs> I've always called it VATEC. Yeah. And if you ask, like, if I put out a Twitter poll right now, I bet... 50% of people will say yes, but all I've, of the mentions yeah. will be people from Virginia being like, no one calls it that here. <laughs> You're more likely to get people calling it VPI. Yeah. The full Definitely name, Virginia never. Polytechnic Institute and wow. State University. I, uh, yeah. VPI is in the fight song. 
Allie says that everyone just calls it tech. Yeah, it does. they do. It's a little confusing. There's too many techs then. But it got right. confusing when they went to the ACC and there's Georgia Tech. Mm, when Virginia right. Tech was in the, the Big East, oh, they're tech. There was no other tech. It didn't matter. Va Tech is a sweet nickname. I it think it's, yeah. it like sounds good. It yeah. makes it sound cool. That's a place where like I would want to play. At Ohio State, we call Wisconsin Wisco. There that's you go. even more reason not yeah. to go right. by Wisco <laughs> right. if Ohio State calls yeah. them. But that. again, that's the, that's ba- that's bad. It's true. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that you think, and then you go meet with people who are right. going to actually work there, and they're like, "No, no, no, you don't want to yeah. do that." Right, right. Uh, and that's important. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so that's um, important. You know, what else is important are the American Raptors. They are important. They're important because they're trying to change the game for U.S. rugby on a national team scale because they're trying to develop players who have, ex- who have succeeded in other sports but are making the transition to rugby. Of course, rugby rewards the athleticism that you see in sports like football, baseball, basketball, soccer, track, and you've got athletes that are trying the game, that are learning and growing in the game of rugby right now with the American Raptors. And of course, the American Raptors, they're based in Glendale. They've re- the Colorado rugby team has rebranded, but this one is here to stay. They finished their first season at 5-5, five and five, which is great for crossover athletes really getting involved in the game for the first time. And you can watch the American Raptors in person in 2022, and you can do it for free. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com, grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. And if you can't go to the matches, no problem, AmericanRaptors.com will be streaming all of them from their website. And if you can't watch live, if you can't, whether it's on a stream or in person, you can read all about it and hear all about it from our guy Colton Strickler in the DNVR Rugby podcast and also with his coverage at DNVR Rugby at the DNVR.com. If you want to learn about rugby, check out Colton's Rugby 101 podcast. It's a great education about a great game. So check all that out. Check out the American Raptors at AmericanRaptors.com and everything going on at DNVR Rugby. I guess our version of that is like people that aren't from Boulder mm-hmm. just refer to CU as Boulder. Like, oh, did you go to Boulder? Um, and I hate it because yeah. to me, that I've, I all answer no because I think they're talking about the high school. Boulder High School, like we call that Boulder. It's Boulder and Fairview. So like people are like, oh yeah, I'm going to Boulder. It's like that's oh, weird. It's not what it's, it's called. CU. Okay, let me ask you. Yeah, this. I've never even yeah. heard that. I've never heard someone just call it Boulder. Especially yeah. people from out of state call it that. Do people mm. in Boulder refer to it as the People's Republic? No. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, but that's like a that's like a deep inside Colorado joke. I feel yeah. like. <laughs> right. Um, okay. We do have a game uh, that is going on this this weekend. I'll just start saying that. Broncos are going to be the <laughs> first team to have their season end. Right, right. The yeah. longest season is shorter for them than anybody else. Mercifully. <laughs> uh, this actually has been a, a decently entertaining season. Um, not from an offensive standpoint, but at least from like a team arc standpoint right i mean they've been they've, they've been kept relevant. us they've kept yep. us close enough more all, so than they have been. right you, you start oh and four yeah and it's like okay it's how done. the hell are we gonna get through 12 more weeks of this yep um so there you know it hasn't been too bad but we do have one last game to predict here so why don't we jump into that here um and just have a little discussion about how we see this actual football game going right now guys the chiefs are 10 and a half point favorites i think it started on DraftKings at nine and then it moved up to 10 and now it's already got the hook 10 and a half i just heard ryan say way too low 
And that's exactly how I'm feeling about this game as well. So, guys, let's let's get the picks. Mace, what is your official pick for this game? Well, it's way too low, and if it gets to 11.5, that means that since at least 1978, which is how far Pro Football References data goes back, the only time the Broncos would have been bigger home underdogs was literally when they were without a quarterback. Right now, you've got today, oh, this Kendall game. Linton. Yeah. What Kendall Hinton. It's 10.5 for this game. You've got 11 points for the 1987 strike game against the Raiders on Monday Night Football, and then 17 for that Saints game last year. I do think it'll go higher. Pat Sertan and Ronald Darby being out. You can count on Bryce Callahan, but we know teams have picked on Kyle Fuller. We may not see Nate Hairston, so that could be a lot of Michael Ojemudia. This is going to be a long day. I think it'll only be the score will only be held down by the fact that the Chiefs will call off the dogs at some point. So what is it? I'm going Kansas City 30, Denver 13. Mm. Yeah, that's about exactly how I'm feeling about this game. So it'd be three straight games Um, with 13 points. Yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to settle on the 13 number two. I was going to say I'm with you on all but the offense. Um, I'm with you also that I think that when the Chiefs go up by three scores and it's the fourth quarter, um, they might bring in Chad Henney. Um, I I think he's still the backup. Um, But I think they'll also take out Chris Jones. Right, exactly. Exactly. So that could have an impact on just how big of a blowout this is. Um, but I, I don't, I just don't give the offense any chance in this game. Um, so I've got this, um, 31 to three. Oh, oh yikes. 31 to three. Um, I really liked Mace's 30 to 13. There was just one issue with that. I don't think the Broncos are going to have a kicker, so I don't know how they're going to get 13 points. They're so, touch, oh, well, let's see. Um, that's a good point because, yeah, yeah they could get 12, <laughs> they could get 14, they I thought could get they said, 16. I thought Tom McMahon, though, said that they do have a contingency. Uh, they do. They, they why do, why they, isn't it signed? We're 48 hours before, and I, I, I don't understand why they didn't sign a contingency plan and then cut them. Saving a when few Ma- bucks. When McManus – oh, my goodness. I mean yeah. – it's Fangio reiterated that do? today that oh, Show jo- him the George, George knows who the who it, they're going to be, but he doesn't have to. Do, he could literally walk as long as COVID protocols will allow it. He they can uh, sign him on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. as long as he can get to the stadium. Don't, on time. don't you think it's kind of weird though that that Vic's like, well, George knows who it, like George knows who it's going to be, and he's kind of it's a response that makes me think, what you don't know who it's going to be, right? Like, shouldn't right. you know? You're right. the coach, right? <laughs> yeah, and so that's why I don't think the Broncos are going to get a field goal. They're not going to get an extra point, uh, and I think they get a garbage time touchdown. I think to they make should it. bring in Roberto Aguayo. Oh, wow. man. You that just want would... to burn this whole thing to the ground, don't you? <laughs> no, I think he deserves another chance. Do you really want to give me that kind of flashback on Saturday? Yes. I had to watch this guy in Tampa. I mean, <laughs> there would be someone who could kick, though. Yeah. Because they need, they need that right now. Bring back Taylor Russellino. So, Even going, though Tom McMahon said he was terrible. I'm going 37 to 12. I think the Chiefs just just put it on two the Broncos. touchdowns, zero extra points. Yep, exactly. They miss both uh, two point conversions, and it's the the embarrassing show that we expected, guys. Okay, is that a scoregami? That's what mm, I need to know. Thirty-seven, twelve. Yeah, we got to I'm gonna look this up here. I feel like I've seen that one before. It'd be an impressive memory. Thirty-seven. This is great podcasting. Because by you, the way. you know, the thirty-seven's been hit a lot. Yes. The twelve's been hit occasionally. 
Four field goals. Yep. Let's two see. Thirty-seven. Touchdown. Field goal. Safety. Of course it. Of course it happened to the Broncos last year. Whoops. I told oh. you I've seen that. <laughs> Thirty-seven to twelve in Vegas. Wow. Oh my I gosh, it. I can't. That is wild. But even that wasn't scoregami. There was a Seahawks Cardinals game in 05 that was also thirty-seven to twelve. Yeah. Um, now I wonder. Yeah. Here's the thing, guys. Yeah. I know that no one likes hearing these scores uh, as it relates to the Broncos. It's yeah. for the best. It's for the, the best. most optimistic of, of this three. You are what only happened? a seventeen point loss. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are calling for beatdowns. I'm calling for a score that looks, it looks part of me at least looks somewhat respectable. I just don't. I don't mm-hmm. see it. They don't have the horses mm-hmm. on defense to get the stops. I so and I and I don't think the. I think you're gonna get a decently vanilla game plan um, from the Chiefs. And it's just going to be like a slow bleed, and there's going to be some turnovers on offense. And and you'll probably see some business decisions made by guys who are out there in this game. Yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. I, that, there's no denying that happens. We've seen that o- over the years. Um, was chatting on the radio with Todd Davis yesterday, and he, he said, yeah, guys really do do that. I mean – you Understandably know, uh, uh, so. You're exactly. thinking about next year. You don't want you don't want to be like Michael Gallup, basically. You don't Man, want to spoil uh, your next year on this. I don't know if I can say understandably so. And and I get where you guys are coming from, but uh, we had someone respond to us yesterday mm-hmm. on Twitter and just say you guys were so off by saying the best thing for the Broncos is to lose. Uh, and just saying, like, I- I'm paying money to come out here. These guys are getting paid. And that's why I think the team, for anyone that wants to make those business decisions or thinks they have to, the team should hold them out. I think if you're yeah. out there, you that's a bad look on you if you're not going to give your all when you're on the football it field. It is. It is. But it's kind of human nature, I think, um, to not have that same edge when there's nothing to play for. And there's so many horror stories. These guys, you know, entire careers, their entire livelihood depends on the health of their body. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's just you lose your edge in a game like this. And you're you're thinking more about your health Mm -hmm. than you are thinking about the final score. Yeah, then you, then you shouldn't be out there. And, and I agree. I, I totally, I agree. I, yeah, the, then then we're on the same page. Well, you remember back at the last game I would put a whole of team yeah. of street free agents out there. Yeah, Fair, well, yeah. remember Keith Tlaib started that game at the end of 2017. Of course. Shody quickly wanted no part of tackling <laughs> Kareem Hunt. <laughs> I just and don't then, know why. And then he got relieved yep. of his duties yep. for the rest of the day. Van right said, after I that. see what you did yeah. and you're out. <laughs> I, I don't know why he didn't just pull up limp on Thursday practice. Right. That's what I would do if, yeah. if, I, if I was one of those guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of, of injuries and Pat Sertan, he, he has, what did Vic say, a unique injury mm-hmm. because he yes, has very... calf strains in both of his legs right now. That is wild. That just brought me to a weird place is how you strain both of your calves. And Vic did uh, say it was a two-week injury in in normal time. That he would have – that this is not a function of this game not meaning anything. Yes, it is. If it had had happened earlier, he would have missed a couple weeks. He has a very unique injury. It's called don't get hurt. It's called he's really good. I'm going to give Pat the benefit of the doubt. It's not on him. Yeah. I, I, the Broncos are just being smart. I'm giving George Payton the benefit of the yeah. doubt by saying he's actually a smart guy who's so, not going to put out his most valuable asset on the field. So you won't be really smart, not giving Javante Williams any superfluous hits. Yeah, I because he's going to be your bell cow next year. Probably. I'm telling definitely. you, my running back in this game would be Kalfani Muhammad. Um, my quarterback in this game would be Blake Bortles. Not even Brett um, Ripping. You're going further down the list. Yeah, my wide receiver in this game 
would be um, Benny Fowler. Um, okay, so stop right there. What's your score prediction? Oh, in that game? In that game. <laughs> <laughs> like 50 to 0. 50 to 0. Yeah, I'm really liking your three points if that's the case. Wait, how do they get a field goal? I think they have a kicker. Oh, okay. okay. Roberto Aguayo nails one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or, he would be my kicker in the game. Or, or, or look, one of them, t- if if one of them tests out Sam Martin or Brandon McManus, then in theory, one could replace the other. But do you, do you Martin think, was a college kicker. McManus a college punter. I don't think the Broncos are kicking a field goal in this game unless Brandon McManus is out there. I think even if they sign a kicker, they're see, not going to kick a field goal. I could goal. see it like on like fourth and what ten. What a waste of money. I, okay, here's how I could <laughs> yeah, see it. That's why they haven't signed one. Fourth and ten at the 12-yard line, end of the first half, down 17 nothing. It's a 30-yard field goal. I think they would send Sam Martin out there to try it. Hey, I'd love to see it. I'd love I want to see, see the other way around. I don't really want to see Sam Martin you kick field goals. I want to see McManus hit punt. <laughs> I think he's always wanted to punt. I've seen him hit some bombs. In yes, practice. he was legitimately good at Temple. Sam Martin as a kicker at App State. But McManus was was a legit punter when he was in college. This game is going to be so embarrassing if they don't have a punter and or kicker, or especially both. I will volunteer to kick if they need anybody. <laughs> well, okay, I won't volunteer. I'll take a paycheck for it. Yeah, but oh, really? I'll do it for I will. Sure. I will. I would do it, and I would, and I would just for just for giggles. I would bring back the straight on style. That we have not seen, I think. I think the last guy to do it was was uh, Steve Cox on some long distance field goals back for Washington in the '80s. After Mark Mosley, you got to go all the way back. Make to sure that. you have a strong cleat because those balls are well, hard. You yeah, you can have break to. your toe. You would need a cleat, and the cleats used to have just they weren't like the Tom Dempsey cleat, where yeah, of course just, he had the yeah. club foot, but they did have kind of a square toe. Yeah, on the front that helped that help with that style. Wow. I would, but I would like, do, yeah just just to do just to bring back the straight on kick for one moment. I, I'd be down. I would definitely do it for free. So Broncos, I'm giving you the better deal. <laughs> Call me. So guys, really quick, let's get to our last pick of the AFC West: Chargers at Raiders. Chargers three point favor going into Las Vegas. How does this end, and who makes the playoffs? Chargers go up in this game, twenty four to zero. Oh wow! And lose. Wow. Whoa. What's final score? 27? Yeah, 27 24. You know, wow. we've talked about chargering it, and then there's the full charger. This is the ultimate charger if they do that. Yes, it is. If they blow a three score lead, it's the supercharger. San, San Diego. <laughs> Would be. Superchargers. That Makes actually, you- of all the like team based songs, might hit the hardest. Because it's like a legitimate song. It, it's it's a legit yeah. good disco song. Oh, uh, go with the Nuggets. Yeah, it's pretty pretty solid. <laughs> so San Diego Superchargers better than Super Bowl Shuffle by the Bears. Um, yes. Okay. Yep. I mean, it lasted longer. It this is probably we could probably do a whole uh, ranking of this. That's going to. I'm sure we could. That's a, hey. I think we just found a Friday free circus, circus topic. Yeah. Right oh there. my gosh, I'm going to be off that one, guys. Oh. <laughs> Remember, I I came that one week with the uh, there was a Bronco who had a he came out with a single. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, there was. It was uh um John. It was either Rick Rob Lytle or John Keyworth, right? John Keyworth. John for Keyworth. Sure. Like he hit he, the keys. What was it like make the make that magic happen or something? Yeah. Like that? It was yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. By good stuff, it I was mean a little it was bit of country, right? It was a little bit rock and roll. A little bit rock and roll. Yeah, rock and roll country. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mace, who uh, do you have? Raiders, Chargers? <sighs> the Chargers are the better team. And 
I can't, and this is where it just this is my brain is too logical. Every indication says that the Chargers should win this game, and I'm going to pick them, but the Raiders have some kind of juju on their side right now. Mm, they do, but win I'm still it, picking the Chargers. Game. Yeah, the Chargers are the better team. By the way, I, I'm we don't really have time for this, but I just have to say it. The fact that another Raider got a DUI this season, yeah, is. It disgusts me. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think there is something to Vegas being a problem? It is, but how can you not? How can you not see what happened to Henry Ruggs and mm-hmm. that not be a, a, a and not mention happened to Henry Ruggs? What happened mm-hmm. to the victim yeah. of that crash? And not have that be a cautionary tale for you. Like after that shit, you aren't getting an Uber. Are you kidding me? That just well, it's yeah. it's it's because uh, frontal lobes aren't developed until you're 25. And and he's what a twenty-one-year-old rookie right this now. This is an education. I love this. Uh, yeah, it is. It's deep <laughs> yeah. stuff. But it? no, it's not. But it's not a laughing matter. No, no it's, just, it's just. It's not. But but yeah. but the seriousness is. It, it's a, it's a young guy not thinking about the consequences. Wow. And oh, I totally agree. And it you you would have th- thought that it would have been harped on and harped on and harped on. And to and a not point where just him. you can't get it past yourself. And they're not cutting him. That's the thing I think is fa- you would think that after the Henry Ruggs incident, that this would be an organization that would say we have to have zero tolerance for this. A hundred percent. Because this because this really does kind right. of if it keeps happening over and over, it really does. It, and I think you do start to think, OK, is Vegas just a city of too many temptations? Yep. Four young guys and it does start to kind of threaten what you're trying to build organizationally there as well it yep. just i could not uh, that like that really boils my blood yeah um, yeah and really quick yeah college football championship game who do you have georgia or bama bama by so much love it mace georgia because i think they oh, were, i think uh kirby boo. i think kirby smart was holding some uh cards back Ooh, in the sec love championship. That take but i don't agree with it well can you blame him for doing that? No, uh, it's yes, really smart. I, no, yeah. I can blame him because if – and Mason and I had this discussion earlier. I know where if, you're going with if, this. If, if Kirby Smart beats oh, Alabama the first time here. they play, they don't have to play him. Well, I don't necessarily believe that. A two-loss bet, I don't, I don't think they make it in. I would love that. I just don't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> but give me Alabama roll tide, baby. Um, all right. Shout-out to Green Mountain Dental Group where you can um, get all of your dental needs taken care of. And even better, they'll hook you with free Sonicare toothbrush when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam. You'll love them down there because they're true Colorado sports fans. Uh, they're parts of the DNVR family. They come down here. They watch games. Uh, you know, they all they all got their Avs sweaters on when they come down here. Uh, Broncos jerseys. That They're that type of people. Uh, and they're also very, very great at what they do. So make sure you check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group, just 15 minutes outside of downtown over there in Lakewood. And check out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this weekend where they're giving you a chance to turn $5 into $200 and free bets. All you have to do is bet on a college football game and or no or an NFL game. And if the team you pick wins then you get $200 in free bets. And boy, that is a great way to start your account for new users. That's all you have to do is bet $5 on a game to start your account with $200 in free bets. I suggest doing that one the Saturday game so you have all your free bets for all of Sunday and Monday night as well. So check them out and use the code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings Sportsbook to get this offer. And of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
All right, guys. Uh, let's jump into the questions from the listeners. What do you think? Is there, yes. Was there anything else that we needed to hit? There? Yeah, there was one more thing that I need to hit. I got to give you guys credit and look at the pod standings Uh-oh. of our picks right here because it is all you guys and not me. Uh-oh. And we can't pull it up, but I got it right here. You guys are both tied 38 to 28. Oh. Whoa. Oh and my. I'm at 36 so. and 30. All winning records, but you guys got a two-game lead on me, and you guys are tied for first. It's kind of crazy because I feel like my picks were very different most weeks, and somehow we all ended up in the same area. Well, the thing is we're going to have, at least for the regular season, you and I are going to have the tiebreaker on Sunday Night Football, RK. Right. I've got Raiders. You've got uh-huh. Chargers. Well, but the only thing is then Georgia and Alabama can switch it. Oh, oh, wait, we're adding that Absolutely, in. <laughs> absolutely. Well, that's, that's not a regular a, season game in college or pick. pro. That's an official that's a, pick. It's literally college football playoff. <laughs> uh, I like it. I like it. We can make all sorts of rules. We want to add a darts match in there, too. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be happy to do that. Let's go. But you guys can uh, – uh, we'll, we'll pick playoff games so that uh, so that I can get a chance to get back in. Uh, and we'll pick, yeah. we'll pick every playoff game. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I, I think we hit everything else. All right, so cool. should we jump into the – the questions yeah let's yeah, jump let's, into the let's questions go. first not? one coming in from chase j98 my boy subscriber from arizona here and looking at some of the quarterbacks in 2022 draft bailey zap looks like he could be a later round sleeper at quarterback in this draft any takes you guys have on him also if we do get a vet like russ or rogers who would you think is our backup ripping lock late round draft pick or find a league circulated backup stay safe and go broncos for his last question i gotta think that you go as cheap as possible with the backup quarterback spot because you're going to be banking on Russ or Rodgers to really be the guy, and you don't want to pay like $10 million for a backup when you're already paying the starter a ton. In the immortal words of John Elway, we're going plan A. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's where the fact that you're probably going to know on Russ or Rodgers within the first two, two and a half months of the year before the new league year, that's going to help because if you don't get either of them, then the plan in motion probably goes to eight to ten million dollar bridge with right, right. lock or plus maybe with a round one draft pick to figure it out. By the way, Bailey Zappi that came up Zappi. in this comment, he's gonna be the other quarterback mm. at the senior bowl because the yeah. senior bowl quarterbacks, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong, Malik Willis. Mm. Big time. It and it's going to be a great opportunity for Zappy because if he because all of those guys we've talked about they've each got a fate, some kind of fatal flaw potentially for them. Is if our- Zappy comes and balls out and and can translate what he did at Western in that scheme to the Senior Bowl to more pro style concepts, are we sure he's got a lot to gain? Are we sure it's pronounced Zappy? Yeah, I looked it up. <sighs> That's he's he's I'm he's, I'm done. Zappy like Zapp Zapp is yeah. dope. Yeah, yeah. but Zapp, Zappy's dope. Yeah. like Zappy. Bailey Zapp. That guy can succeed. Yeah. Bailey Zappy. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like what your daughter would call like her doll or right. something. Yeah, exactly. But it rhymes. Bailey Zappy. It just sounds. See, I think <laughs> Bailey Zappy rolls off the tongue better than Bailey Zapp. Bailey Zapp. That like mm. uh, just feels like yeah. it has some some legs to it. Bailey Zappy. It's, <laughs> but people are still gonna say like Zapp. They're gonna do like the you know the the old sound effects like on the old Batman show. Zap, zap, zap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of fun that you can have with this name. 
Yeah, even though it's zappy rather than zap. Like when we, when there's like someone who seems like a kid on the bet show, we like do that to their name. Like we refer to Zach Wilson as Zachy Wilsey, right? Because oh, like right. he just looks like a little kid. Yeah. Um. So yes, that's not gonna work for me. Yeah. That's Otherwise, tough. I really like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mile high till I die says, "What is the scenario that people keep bringing up in which Peyton Manning and some group take ownership of the Broncos? Would Peyton Manning just purchase a fractional slice of the Broncos, or, or a group?" would outright buy the Broncos and make Peyton Manning the face of the ownership. I love the idea of Peyton Manning being on in a Broncos ownership, but I guess I'm a little confused as to how it works. Also, in this kind of scenario, do you think Brittany Boland could have part of ownership as well and have a role within the organization? That's kind of the dream scenario that has been floated out there. Um, Now, to answer your overarching question, yes, Peyton Manning would buy a slice of the Broncos along with a group who obviously together buys the whole thing. Um, and then they would appoint him as, you know, for lack of a better term, like the chairman of the board who is in charge of everything. Or just CEO. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, basically like 5% of a four hundred of a $4 billion purchase is $200 million. And Peyton could probably pull that together. Well, and yeah. now the rumors are including Archie and Eli. Right, the, a Manning family purchase, which then would be interesting to see how it was dispersed because the Broncos were effectively a Boland family organization because you had you know Pat Pat Boland's brother Bill Boland involved, his brother John Boland involved. At you know at one at one point, uh, very briefly, Pat Boland's father was involved as well before he passed away early in the Boland ownership. So. That's that could kind of make it a little bit complicated if you said, okay, it would have to be then probably more than five percent if you were talking about a Manning family purchase. Right. Involved with that. I'd love it. More Manning's. Yeah, I, that's what I was just gonna say. Get Coop in there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Arch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Get... <laughs> Cooper could I mean, Cooper's got a real fun, dry sense of humor oh. to him. Like there I think there are a lot of ways if you had a Manning family purchase that you could use Cooper. As kind of a brand ambassador, it would be incredible. For the it it would be like, absolutely yeah. incredible. <sighs> Dream scenario. Imagine and if, Brittany. I would love for Brittany to continue to be involved as well. Mm-hmm. Imagine if that organization then drafted Arch Manning in a few years. Oh my goodness! Well, wouldn't Arch? I mean, is there like a rule against that? Because you know, John Elway said you know basically forced his way to the Broncos, not directly the Broncos, but. Couldn't Arch just say, I'm only playing for the Broncos? Don't even bother? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could. But like Any player could say that. Right. But why but don't you, more you teams have to be, do, why don't have, more players do that? Trevor Lawrence probably could have done that. You, 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 you have to be a player that has so much power. So you have to be that good. You have to be Trevor Lawrence. You have to be the number one pick. And Arch right now, it seems like he's going to be the number one overall pick whenever he's in the draft. Why wouldn't someone like, uh, why, why can't someone like Malik Willis do that? And just say, like, I'm only playing for, and he just picks the best team that doesn't have a quarterback, the Broncos. I, I'm just, like, why why, why do you say they have to be the top of the class? What if the Broncos don't want him? I mean, if this was John well, right, Elway running the show. This is all back-channeled in the first place. But they so. find, he, they, he gets the indication that they that they want him. The, pro, the problem is, can you live with the fallout of being labeled a malcontent, at least in the short term? John Elway was fine. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. So but was you, have, you have to have that yeah. other, but yeah. you, have to have, you have to be willing to go the distance with it. John Elway was willing to go the distance and play baseball. And play baseball. Or at least he was willing he, to make it seem like that. Right. Yeah, and I mean, uh, it, I would do that. I mean, I if, mm-hmm. if you really want to go somewhere, yeah. Yeah, sure. The Why thing not? is, if that precedent gets set, then 
the draft is ruined. Well, what it remind exactly what it reminds me of is college free agency now. Essentially, that that yeah. that it's free agency, and a lot of people don't like it, but that's what it is, and that's what the draft would become. It would just become a different version of free agency, kids coming out of college instead yeah. of just already being on the NFL. That's bad news, Bears. The Broncos better get a billionaire <laughs> owner in here no. quick. Yeah. Um, from Snow Goose 77 finally subscribed after listening since the BSN days and listening to Mace on Orange and Blue 760. Got him. Got him. We got him. I love the the handle, by the way, in honor of Carl Mecklenburg. Yes. Yeah. Um, I will be in Denver next September to visit my daughter who moved there a year and a half ago. I'm going for the DNVR bus trip and the whole mile high experience for my first Broncos home games. Love that. Uh, why are people throwing around names like Jim Harbaugh, Kirk Cousins, and Matt Ryan? Haven't we suffered enough? Those names get me about excited as I am for my next colonoscopy. <laughs> Please, no garbage quarterbacks or coaches. Peace out. How can Jim Harbaugh yeah. not excite you? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm that sorry. One. Uh, like, maybe like an Ohio State fan here. Or something. Yeah, he's someone that calls uh, Wisconsin Wisco. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say that's literally the most exciting like coach possibility I think out there. Uh, yeah, I mean Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl. Yeah, so. There's no way that Harbaugh's leaving, though. I mean, no, he's he, getting a race. Ex- that's exactly what he's <laughs> I doing. I beat Ohio play. State. I got to the playoff. Pay me. Pay and, and on top of that, did, I think he donated his entire salary this year. Um, yeah. I don't remember to so, what cause, but but it, w- it was to a cause. And so he's probably saying, I'd like to regroup a little bit of that now with a massive yeah. raise. He's going to he's gonna earn it and deserve it. Yep, absolutely. Orange is the new sack, as I'm sure the rest of Broncos country agrees. I'm tired of the quarterbacks that are through with the best part of their careers already. Now, maybe saying that is hypocritical, as the Broncos are trying for Russ and Aaron, but those may be exceptions. I'm tired of having an offensive coordinator that presses triangle every time like he's pressing the coach-suggested plays in Madden. <laughs> I'm having a head... And, and having a head coach that doesn't know when to call timeouts and challenges whenever he feels it has a .01% chance to work and holding my breath anytime any special teams play happens. It's frustrating, and going 1-5 in five against divisional opponents has to stop. I don't know what will happen, but I'm hoping George P. has a plan in place, something the Broncos haven't had in years. You know, and, and this is not what Orange is the New Sack is saying, but it, this reminds me of a take I'm seeing out there, which is just like, I don't want – old quarterbacks anymore i don't want aaron Rodgers. i don't want russell wilson and i'm just like did you not enjoy the peyton manning era like i get it you'd love to have a 20-year solution a 10-year solution even but you know i was i was thinking about it like peyton manning was here for over 10 percent of my life and it ruled it was awesome every second of it except for super bowl 48 was fun <laughs> um and so like I just don't I feel like people are have, have such short memory to realize like four years or even three years of really good football feels like it lasts a long time and it and it's awesome the whole the whole way through. I I completely agree with you Ryan but here's why they say that is they they are just so stuck in the last 5 years and they're afraid that with 4 years of Aaron Rodgers comes 5 years of what we've just had now and we'll make that trade 10 times out of 10. And I would too but it doesn't even have to be that trade. You don't have to do that. No. You can hit on a Paxton Lynch. If Paxton Lynch hits, then you're not in that situation. If Brock Osweiler hits and you keep him, you're not in that situation. So just because you had great success with Peyton and you would probably have great success with a veteran quarterback doesn't mean you have to have terrible, to, uh, just be terrible after. I do think, though, that one thing that is affecting how people view this is saying, 
Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be in Kansas City for at least another decade. Yeah. And Justin Herbert is probably going to be with the Chargers for at least another decade. And staring down that barrel and people are thinking, well, we get four years of Aaron Rodgers, but then what happens after that when the Chiefs still have Mahomes and the Chargers still have Herbert? I think that's kind of a part of it here. At least with Russell Wilson, age 33, you can say, yeah, he probably does go into his 40s if he's if he's effective. And that does look like maybe, if it works out, an eight- to nine-year run, whereas Rodgers, unless he decides to go the Tom Brady route, the clock is ticking on him. How I mean, how long are you supposed to build the team out for? I mean, if we're talking, well, if Aaron Rodgers comes out and says after this year, I'm only going to play one more year and it's going to be a different team. Okay, now I understand maybe not selling the farm for him and giving yeah. up three first-round picks. But are you supposed to be building a team right now to be competing in 10 years? No, you should. You build it for the next two to four years. And then, there you go. And let's go. You know what? I know this is a pipe dream. I know it sounds stupid. But you know what? You know what? If you could tell me that Arch Manning would be the quarterback in five years, give me Aaron Rodgers for the next few years yeah, and then hand the baton to Arch Manning. Absolutely. Let's, count, you know, if we're going to dream, let's dream, dream big. big. Yeah. <laughs> I think that Aaron Rodgers ends up coming to Denver. Like, I'm not predicting this, but if he were. I think he falls in love with the city. He's like, I, I can keep playing here. Like, I like playing here. He's, you know, on the weekends, he's playing golf with John Elway and Peyton Manning and, you know, like and throwing down $100,000 skins. And, like, I, I think he would just say, like, I, I'm super content right now. I'm happy. You know, uh, we're winning. This is fun. I, I, I could do this for a while. They'd have to build a new facility because if you had Aaron Rodgers, John Elway still coming back to watch practice and Peyton Manning running the show, there's no NFL facility that exists right right now that's big enough for those three guys under one roof. There he goes. <laughs> Very true. Very I mean, true. Oh, but it would be a blast. It would be incredible. It'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. And it's not that crazy. Imagine the Broncos Mount Rushmore is John Elway, Peyton Manning, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, and insert one other. Arch Manning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Windy City Bronco says, I find myself thinking about the future of Fangio and coming to a difficult question. The question is this. If you aren't going to fire Fangio after three losing seasons, what will you do in his fourth losing season when his contract is up? Realistically, the Broncos have one path with having a winning season next year. That's signing Wilson or Rodgers. If we sign another mid-grade journeyman quarterback, we will get the same result as this season. If we bring in a rookie, we will definitely have a losing season, but with potential to be something better the year after. Unless you're confident we have an inside line on an elite quarterback, I say pull the Band-Aid off and fire Fangio. You aren't going to extend a coach who has never had a winning season, so why waste another season on him when you could be starting to rebuild our coaching staff now? And there's a really kind of a good point here, whereas if you don't get the elite veteran plan A and you do go in the draft as plan B, do you really want a scenario where you're jettisoning the coaching staff after year one? With that quarterback, oh, that's another no reason right to me here. to say, just go ahead and do that, it now. It, it's it's just the puzzle that never fits together. And this started last year when the Broncos moved on, or I, when John Elway promoted himself, uh, and that's when it kind of got awkward because then we started thinking. Well, there's going to be a new owner here next year, but now he's kind of locked into a new general manager. And now we're adding another piece to that if they move on from Vic of, okay, but now you have a head coach as well that's here two months before the new owner's here. And then you can add the quarterback to that mix as well. I mean, it, it's just from the, the entire organization isn't on the same page and probably not going to be on the same page for a couple of years. You know what is the cure-all to all of this? Winning. Firing Vic Fangio and just getting the next hire right. Yeah. 
if you get the right guy, the new owner is not coming in here and complaining. If you get, you know, let's just say it's Doug Peterson and you're successful next season and it looks good and you're scoring on offense and the fans are excited, then we look back and we say that there's no there was no issue with that. The problem is is if you get it wrong mm-hmm. and you're losing next season and the new owner's like, you know what? I don't care. Fire him. Let's go. Let's I start mean, over. The the real thing uh, to get it right is just get a quarterback. That's and what it also, boils down to. It, anyone can yeah. be the head coach. Also, the new owner, if they're if they're cut from the right cloth, it shouldn't matter if they need to fire the, the coach after one year. This is easy peasy. Write them a check. Move yeah. on. And the other thing is if you get – if you get the coach right, or you just let's, or actually, let me just kind of view two scenarios. Pat Bowen bought the team in 1984, right? And Dan Reeves had done enough to keep the job and end up being the coach for another nine seasons after that. Who is more likely to be a Dan Reeves for a new owner, Vic Fangio, or someone that you hire in the next few weeks? Hmm. If he's got his John Elway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's true. And that, it's a good question. I mean, I would probably say someone else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, this has been a really interesting podcast. I got to be I got to admit I did not expect Zach to come in here and tell me that he thinks Vic's coming back. So that made for really good conversation, just hot and fresh off of the, off the, uh, the plate there. Hot and fresh like a sexy pizza. Yes, exactly. Hey. Uh, so that's going to wrap it up for us today and for the week here on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. We'll catch you Sunday after the game, and I'm sure we'll have some spicy things to talk about then. And a lot can happen between now and the next time we're live. Maybe we'll be live before then. Who knows? But either way, thank you guys, and we'll catch you later.
keep it.